Just be real, your homie, your friend, your sister, your cousin, your young auntie, whatever, whatever, your homie, your mentee, whatever you want to call me. But I'm here, okay? If heads only knew how I felt about the rap game, Heather B, my favorite, one of my favorite MCs and lyricists, Boogie Down Productions, icon, reality TV show, legend, and pioneer. Listen, Sway in the Morning, Jersey's one of Jersey's finest. Guess what? The time has come. Time to talk about hip-hop. And you don't stop. A freak freak, y'all. And you don't stop. A tada beat, y'all. And you don't stop. Okay? Hip-hop is 50. And you know me being the hip-hop head I am and the hip-hop heiress. I gotta talk about it to show love to one of the most greatest genres of music. Most underrated genres of music. Music that had never been put on the map equivocally to all the rest of the genres until the late 90s and look at where we are today i know history probably spans back before 1973 but because hip-hop is a virgo just like me when it was born and birthed technically we're gonna talk about it so enough of me chatting let's get real what's good what's good what's good what's popping what's popping how you feeling what up though you feel me hey y'all I'm happy y'all here for me another Sunday. I know I'm a little early because I'm like three days early with this episode, but I had to give it to y'all early rather than later because if I give it to y'all later, then we're kind of like dabbling into my birthday and y'all know every year as I've done this podcast, I know either do a reflection or a projection of what my life will be or my life has been within the year span of my birthday or what I'm looking forward to to come. Um, this year I'll probably do, um, since it is the Jesus year, which is a year of ascension, I will probably be talking about something a little different, not more so what I've learned because I already did a magic 30 part two, which I'll probably listen to already. I'm going to actually just focus more on the 33, um, because 33 is a master number. It is a number that is very powerful and we'll talk about that then. But we're not here for that right now. Right now, what we're here for, and y'all probably can hear it in my accent because I just feel like it being birthed in the Bronx on Cedric Ave. You got to really be wholehearted about, like, this is really how I talk on a regular basis. But I feel like if I talk like this, I automatically, in my mind, I defer from talking like this because I talk fast. And I'm a New Yorker, so I talk fast. You know how they say we slick talkers. But I feel like I'll talk fast and y'all won't hear me. And automatically, instantly, I'll get into my mode when I'm home where I just be like, for instance, if I say something like this, like, oh, for instance, if I went ahead and I'm talking like this, and if I'm talking like this, in reality, most of my niggas be able to understand me because I'm talking to some shit where they really understand. But in reality, if I'm talking to y'all like this, y'all might not be able to understand what the fuck I'm really saying. But on some real shit, that's really how I talk because I really talk fast. Y'all be like, what the fuck? It sounds like gibberish to y'all, don't it? This is why I try to make sure I use my phone voice most of the time or like uh, in a pace or a tone that's more receiving because when you're doing this, even though you don't need journalism skills to know this, but you got to be mindful of your pace so people can understand you because if you're jumbling your words, the message gets missed and people are like, I'm not listening to this shit. You feel me? So 
I'm going ahead and making the time where I'm talking like this, but I'm also conscientiously, subconsciously trying to be mindful that, yo, Jess, like, you got to talk slow. My mom tells me all the time, like, you talk too fast. But what do you want me to do? Like, I can't help it. That's just how I talk. So we here with it. Um, today's episode, 50 Years of Hip Hop. I don't know if y'all remember back when I did the series of the 90s, you know, 90s R&B, 90s TV shows, 90s movies. And I was like, last year, I'm like, I'm going to hold off on the 90s hip hop until hip hop turned 50 because it's a pivotal, you know, a critical year and very crucial to talk about it because by by society, 1973 is when hip hop was born. I'm sure it dates back prior to when hip hop really hit the scene, which is fine. I'm not going to debate anybody on that because you're probably accurate and have done more research, but I'm going to take it from where it's now nationally known and recognized of the birth of hip hop, which is August 23rd, 1973, Sedgwick Ave in the Bronx, New York, by none other than the godfather of hip hop, DJ Cool Herc. All for all for all for a summer jam and some something from a summer jam just turns into something epic. Now me as a Virgo, I can't if not doing this due diligence would be disrespectful. I know we're still in Leo season, but baby, we only got three more days and technically we in Virgo season. You know what I'm saying? And at that hip hop of first deacon Virgo, so no wonder why I fell in love with it. <laughs> Y'all see what I did there? I fell in love with her. So. It's only right that I fell in love with her because her was born on August 23rd and me 27th. So we were meant to be, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to the love that we have for each other. So 50 years of hip hop, as y'all heard, I brought in with If Heads Only Knew with Heather B. Y'all probably know Heather B from Stay in the Morning today now. But real, real hip hop heads, y'all already know what's up. Like I actually got her vinyl up in the crib. Like I went to this place called Legacy Dumbo, which is out in uh, Brooklyn, um, in Dumbo, Brooklyn, and uh, a couple years ago, and I went there, and they have like this whole like pretty much vintage vinyls and shit. And I came across the DJ Ed version of Taking Mine, which is what I just played, y'all. And the DJ version where they have two discs so people be able to disc jockey, which is like how they did in hip hop. Like there wasn't no, you would have two of the same record to kind of like spin it. And that's what I got that version of. And I legit have it hanging up on my wall. Um, so that was a, a great find. Um, and she also has like Happy Hour with Heather B, which is, you know, she's the cocktail connoisseur. You know, she'd be cooking, chefing it up. But y'all, some of y'all who are old enough, who are probably Gen Xers, probably remember her from Real World. Real World was the first ever reality TV show to ever hit the airwaves um, on TV. In 1992, she was on there. Heather B. and Kevin were the only African-American castmates on the show. Heather was the first ever black female to do reality TV. And literally after her was Tammy Roman. So I, I'm very familiar with the pioneers, especially when it comes to black women. But she also was a rapper. Uh, hip-hop artist, so she's part of Boogie Down Productions with KRS-One, the only female, so that's some recognition, but she's a she's a, she's a a pioneer and a guiding light, so shout out to Heather B. I had to show respect, because she, she, females is out there taking mine, you feel me? We was out here in, in hip-hop taking ours because niggas was not trying to put the respect on what was deserved on the name. It's crazy to think how Hip-hop somewhat originated in the Bronx and how it widespread. There's so many documentaries. I think I watched one on Netflix that was talking about how, like, the spread of hip-hop. 
I forgot what it's, I forgot what it's called, but y'all know I watch all anything hip hop and its origins or where I can learn more history is something to see the evolution. It's hip hop evolution, honestly. That's what it's called. Hip hop evolution. I don't think they still got it on Netflix, but hip hop evolution was something that I watched and it showed how it started in the Bronx. From the Bronx, it kind of hit like the the West Coast. The West Coast had like their own swag with gangster rap. Then it hit like Florida, where Florida had its own shit. Atlanta had its own shit. Then you get to like up north, where it's kind of like where it's more so like Detroit and all these other areas. Virginia with like Missy, where it's like each part of the country you can see where hip hop's evolved. You look now, it's now an international staple to culture. Where it's a cultural staple, like streetwear became a cultural staple because of hip hop. You have people like Dapper Dan who put their hand in hip hop and made hip hop what hip hop is today. Where you looking at people wearing designer, you know, custom original designers. People like Misa Hilton also who were, was a part of that era of making customs to make what was learned as runway fashions, making the streetwear. Where we got our Sean Johns, our Rockaway. We're going to get into all of that, but... Hip-hop is very, very influential, especially in today's culture. A lot of people are looking to hip-hop, especially when you look at swag and style, because black folks took what they had and made it to something great, as we always do. So I want to go ahead and pay homage to one of my favorite loves, something that I grew into loving because of my father being a DJ. Hip-hop saved my life. And I ain't going to hold you. It really did save my life. Hip-hop, baby, listen, storytelling is one way, but when you do it with a lyrical and a lyrical artistry that can't be matched where your storytelling over a beat is sick and crazy and you could flow. We got we to gotta talk about it. So 90s hip hop was kind of more influential on culture. And I'm going to say that only because it was here in the 70s and the 80s, but you had it more where it was like kind of fine trying to find this niche. It was trying to find that pocket where it fits in, but doesn't fit in, but trying to find where it kind of had like this aura and element about it that allow us to be in a state where it's like a playground. You have, excuse me, you have people like Kid and Play. Well, y'all know Kid and Play. If y'all didn't, I was talking about them before in the, you know, 90s hip hop movies where they did like House Party, House Party 2, which I know is one of my favorites, class act. Um, Kid and Play was pretty much a dynamic duo where they came from out of New York. A lot of great hip hop artists come from New York. And when we look at like the legacy, um, the tri-state area in general, because you got Queen Latifah who came out of Jersey and like a tri uh, tribe called Quest, you have fucking who came out of New York. You also got fucking uh, Naughty by Nature who came out of Jersey, Heather B who came out of Jersey. So there's like mad artists. Um, where Kid and Play were the dynamic duo where it kind of was Chris and Chris and they did their thing. So personally in my mind, let me tell you, it's a secret between y'all, uh, us. Don't tell nobody. I feel like Kid and Play was the originators to what my generation as millennials, Gen Z, Gen Y, why would I say Gen Z? Pop myself in the mouth for that one. Gen Y millennials respected as crisscross. Because remember, they were Chris and Chris too. You know what I'm saying? So I think that was my generation's crisscross because they kind of emulated in a way with they flow and they camaraderie and how they were a tag team. The only difference is they wore their clothes backwards to make it a staple. But like Chris and Chris were pretty much just Chris and Chris 2.0. So I feel like crisscross was a definite uh not I won't say a copycat, but took some derivatives from Chris, uh, from Chris and Chris in Kid and Play, and I think JD kind of played on that a little bit because when it came to Mac Daddy Daddy Mac, it was kind of like a thing. Um, 
So, I mean, of course, y'all know I'm going to talk about Queen Latifah. You know, 60, 62 many movie credits to translate. One of the definite females who has been rocking the stage since forever. Um, she's definitely been one of those rapper-turned-actresses, has been super successful in her career, super lucrative, still expanding and growing. Queen Collective, you know, from artistry to productions, flavor unit entertainment, making staple, you know, sitcoms such as living single making guest cameo appearances in the fresh prince of bel-air like queen latifah has been just that latifah you know latifah's had it up to here like one of my fave tracks y'all know i have a picture of her in light up in my room in my office <coughs> excuse me that i highly respect because queen latifah was literally the epitome of what it looked like that came to mainstream where they focused on her artistry because she was a full-figured woman who could wrap her fucking ass off. Ladies first, we all know it. Um, you had people like her who set trends to make it known that you ain't got to show your body for the message to get across. Baby girl, tell your story. Tell your story, but you ain't got to take your clothes off. You know, it's just another day. That's another fucking fire-ass track. You know what I'm saying? Coming to my house embodies the mix of hip-hop and house music. Like, Queen Latifah really put stuff on the map. And, like, to this day, you look fast forward. <coughs> Excuse me. She's still making ways where she can rap. Like, if you looked at Living Legend, only female on the whole track. But the bars are still there in her 50s. Like, stop playing with me. Like, Queen Latifah, I don't even know what to say. Because Dana Owens is forever going to be. My favorite MC of all time. I don't give a fuck how y'all say it. And I'm not saying favorite FEMC, favorite MC. Like, MC ever. And I say MC is different from a rapper because MCs have lyrical wordplay and, like, they have double entendres. Like, there's meaning. Like, it's literally a poem put into words. Rappers just rap whatever fucking bullshit that they just rap on, whatever's going on in their mind. They just rapping at what they see. MCs are telling the story of what they feel, what they know, and it's like a sense of imagination where you can have an allegory and personification where you can feel, where it's palpable to feel the story being told. You feel what I'm saying? Um, same thing with A Tribe Called Quest. They took a lot of what was jazz, a lot of jazz records, and you know, kind of conformed it into jazz rap, where they were pioneers as well as a, as a guy group with Fife Dog, uh, Q-Tip. Uh, it's, it, it was a way that they made their lyricism, again, be seen in an art form that was not common, but kind of embodied and embarked on a lot of black culture when it came to music. The same thing was done with Freestyle Fellowship, group out from out in Cali. Like, them niggas used to do open mics. I remember there was this, I don't know the name of the spot, but I do know it, but I ain't about to Google it right now because I don't feel like it. But there was a spot that the people used to perform at all the time in, like, L.A. or whatever, like, in the hood. And niggas used to go for, like, the open mics and freestyles. And Freestyle Fellowship was one of them people who kind of, like, was today is Contra, Contra Costa, where they were having somebody who was rapping in Spanish and then also at the same time flowing over a beat but telling the story. But they would feed off of each other, like, one start rapping and the other want to hop in on another rap part of the rap on the bars or the 16th or 32nd bar. And then they just flip it and just back and forth like a ping pong. That shit in art form isn't done today, yo. Consta Costa, Costa Contra does that. And they don't get enough credit because they're technically somewhat underground. But you also got Pivot Gang who do the same thing. You feel what I'm saying? Like with Saba, like they do the same thing. But people 
aren't really about the message as much as they're about the beat and just how how to beat vibes. Like, and I've always been wondering when it comes to hip hop, she tells a story, and I love how hip hop is considered a she and she's she's feminine because there's a soft essence about hip hop that she nurtures, she feeds. She allows you to gravitate and be in a sense of comfort when she's around you. There's a sense of warmth and an element of just enlightenment that makes you want to learn, makes you want to enhance and be better and evolve in who you are as a person conscientiously. KRS-One is another person, like I said, I mentioned before, in Boogie Down Productions, who's a pioneer and did that same thing. MC Light. Come on now. MC Light's another one like Queen Latifah where, you know, going from hip-hop, to, you know, talking about shit that wasn't common, like, you know, uh, when you say you love me, it doesn't matter. It goes into my ear like just chit-chatter. 10% this, paper thin. You also had steady fucking, like, where she's talking about shit where niggas is, like, overdosing on drugs, letting niggas know, like, use your brain. Don't get hooked on bullshit. Like, two-seater, don't smoke that shit in my car. Like, you can do what you do. You're just not going to do it in my two-seater. Like, I, I I got my own. Like, even when she had to ride across town for some fucking Q-tips for her neighbor. Who makes a whole fucking song for four minutes about going across town on Q-tips and catching flats and shit? But do it in a way where niggas is just like, shit, roughneck? How niggas, how she wanted a dude who was like rough around the edges and can hold her own but masculine and can handle her like that's Poetry. I want that back. I And mind you, we have... Don't say I want that back. We have artists who are actually displaying those actual attributes of storytelling where there's still an artistry where it makes you feel like you can feel the story and it's something that captivates you. So don't get me wrong there. I mean, you have stuff like the Jungle Brothers as well as like De La Soul and all of them who are part of the Native Tongues. Queen Latifah, Moni Love, part of Native Tongues. Native Tongues, I ain't gonna get into that, but y'all need to go look into it. But Jungle Brothers, Black is Black. Speaking of how Afrocentrism, speaking of the power of your blackness and how great it is to be black and to be able to see yourself outside of just your color, but of your origins and how you cultivate this culture in America that it bothers people so much to the point they want to try to destroy you and demolish your existence. Sound familiar? Are we not experiencing that today in society? Are we not looking at it now where they don't want us to have an existence? They want our rhythm, but don't want to have our blues. Think about it. Think about it. Because you got people like Nas. Whose world is it? Straight out of Queens. Whose world is it? Speaking volumes. Ether? Yeah, that's a diss track, but that's whatever. But there's a deeper meaning before that. You know what I'm saying? One love. Come on now. You have people coming from struggles where they're telling their story of a life they actually live. I feel like a lot of today's quote unquote hip hop and I say hip hop with air quotes because I just feel like it's not really hip hop as much as it's more pop culture. If y'all haven't realized that they try to hip hop slash pop culture where they try to make hip hop artists go mainstream because pop is what's more appeasing. But ironically little do they know these caucasoids are who are purchasing a lot of hip hop music and supporting the hip hop music and they think that they are part of the culture when they're not the culture. I feel like we've margin we haven't mar we've marginalized to the point of that there's not enough gatekeeping in hip hop. Hip hop has its origin. Yes, there's diverse areas of hip hop, but it started in the black community. That's it. Black and brown communities are what started hip hop. You know, Hurricane G, Puerto Rican, New York Rican, out here spitting bars 
for f the way females have it in Spanish and in English that ain't never done before. You see what I'm saying? Like, but Nas, Nas is forever great where he can still be dropping albums now over 30 plus years and this shit is crazy. Nobody but Lauren Hill? Are you kidding me? Be fucking for real. And when people be trying to come at Nas, I be looking like, are y'all dumb? That's like coming like at DMX, another person straight out of Yonkers, and shout out to the 914, Westchester County, who had a grit and a grind to his struggle growing up in the fucking slums in uh, uh, Yonkers. You feel what I'm saying? Rough Riders wasn't just a, a, a group, it was a movement. It was, a, it was part of culture. You ain't going to tell me that when Rough Riders ain't come out, niggas are not trying to out here be on motorcycles and, and, and finesse and fucking be outside for real. All because of his influence, because of how how raw and and crazy and vulnerable he was on his tracks. He ain't had no shame in saying he was addicted to drugs. He ain't had no shame saying that he was going through pain. There was an essence in a man expressing himself, but in a way where it was respected. I feel like a lot of this shit now, pussy, y'all niggas is trying to be this hard life knowing damn well that's not even the fucking y'all trying to be John Morantz out here living fake facade, fake fake realities. Y'all grow up in the suburbs trying, trying to spit this hard shit. When y'all came from not with a silver spoon or a wooden one, but y'all been privileged. But y'all think it's going somewhere when you have this facade. But when niggas is looking for the real, they can't find it in you. So you wondering why niggas not really fucking with you. That's why you got to go pop because pop is going to allow you to do it. Like, for instance, Drake, that nigga's from Canada. You not really got struggles. They got universal fucking health care for real. You come from a family where it's middle class and you try to stay here and live this life like you some type of real nigga that you went through a struggle. And whole time, nigga, you was on the grassy. Cultural struggles, ethnic ethnic struggles, possibly, because you're of mixed ethnicity. But to sit down and act like you some nigga that has some type of roughness, and then you're appropriating a culture of Caribbean culture, just trying to be down and make a hit, is like, nigga, you selling your soul to the devil for what? But then again, if we're talking about Y.O. Grace, we cannot talk about Jada Kiss in the locks. Styles P, Chic Lock, Chic Louch, Chic Louch, Styles P. Jadakiss, the locks. What the fuck? Straight out of YO. Jadakiss to this day, still top top five that are alive. I'm gonna fuck with nobody say. Jadakiss is that one nigga who is just that nigga. Like, I don't know what else to say. Eve, another one. She's literally right on. I don't know if y'all know, but fun fact. Queen Latifah is the first ever female to be multifaceted outside of just her original origins of rapping, to have a show, a TV show. Um, movie credits and be one of the highest earning female rappers. Guess who's right under her? Eve. Eve. Come on. We had Eve, the whole TV show, where Missy Elliott did the fucking intro, bro. Queen Latifah played her sister on that show, if y'all didn't know. Then we had her as a rapper. We had a part of our Rough Riders. We also had her out here in movies, like one of our favorites, Barbershop Acting. My nigga, Eve was just in Queens, a show that was with Brandy, her, Notori Naughton, and Remy was in that shit. Eve been out, Eve spread it for a lot of the females, first females in hip hop, her, Lil' Kim, a lot of them that are first ladies of these fucking crews, made it so that it paved the way for Nicki Minaj to be a part of Young Money Cash Money. But it wasn't no bubblegum shit. It was on some real raw, I'ma spit the shit straight from Philly. Like, she even said that she had to battle niggas. Just to be able to get a spot in fucking Rough Riders. Battle niggas. And clearly she won if she was a part of Rough Riders. But we can't talk about innovation and creation. I'll talk about Buster Rhymes and Missy Elliott. 
Hype Williams, shout out to him. That was the man behind the vision, behind the camera, because them niggas was always ahead of their time. Like when when Missy said she ain't year 3000, y'all go look at Missy Missy videos, and she deserves a walk of, uh, a Hollywood star and a walk of fame. Missy was ahead of her time. She's still ahead of her time. Her concerts, from what I've been seeing clips, crazy insane. Crazy insane. And then Missy, on top of that, was a big girl doing shit that you would have thought somebody who was ideal European standard would have been doing. She said, I don't give a fuck about y'all niggas. Missy lost her weight, but Missy still represented for females like me to look at her like, yo, you can have swag. You can be fly. You can do whatever you do. Let your bars tell your story. Let them focus more on your bars than your body. I will always put Nate's respect on Missy's name. And she going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, my nigga. Come on now. First ent- first year entering and boom, she in that motherfucker. Yes. And she's still out here, out here creating bars and as a producer. That's another thing. Missy producing. Her and Tim put on for VA. Okay? Her, Tim, and Pharrell. Niggas who produce that you can hear their beats from a mile away. Missy's still getting on tracks, collaborating with females out here, putting them on game by allowing their names to be seen because she on the track. And why niggas fuck with Missy? Feel what I'm saying? Same with Busta Rhymes. Busta Rhymes just got um, received his legendary uh, icon award from fucking the uh, BET Awards. Deserving. Leaders of, the, leaders of the new school, just another case of the OPTA. Busta been busting down doors since he came through. Busta, Busta, mighty infamous. Always misbehaving and mischievous. Come on now. Come on now. He been that dude. And to this day, ain't nobody touching Busta when it comes to rap. Period. Ask Coco Jones. And that's how to spit his rhymes. <laughs> but we come to the queen too, Lauren Hill. Man, Listen. Lauren Hill has always been ahead of her time, too. Because she's a producer. I don't know if y'all know she produced the Rose of the Rose for Aretha Franklin. But Lauren Hill, she had this neo-soul, hip-hop, R&B swag to her. Nobody, everything is everything. That thing... No, well, shit. The latest one is nobody. All my time is spent focused on my freedom now. Why would I join them when I know that I can beat them now? They put their words on me, and they can eat them now. That's probably why they keep on telling me I'm needed now. They try to box me out while taking what they want from me. I spent too many years living too uncomfortably, making room for people who didn't like the labor but wanted to spoil his greedy, selfish behavior. Come on now. Lauren... Made a way for my favorite MC of this generation, Rhapsody. Okay? Rhapsody, baby. Y'all heard Remy rap? Y'all haven't heard Remy rap with her and Remy? Remy another one, too. Straight out the Bronx. Okay? Then caught Masusa cases, then the TSA worker. Daughter, and then with his, and then here come rap. Daughter of a gun, I spit it like a bullet. That's literary caution. I should win me a Pulitzer. I don't show cars. I show face without the hoodie up. Change my perspective. Think like L Boogie does. I was never late. Uh-uh. Y'all was just early. Never fall short unless the shorts come with jerseys. Life's never straight. That bitch hella curvy. I'm a biggest fan. I wear my shit out like Kirby. 
Dog, what? We're not going to act like that shit wasn't bars and it doesn't give you give you some type of feeling of hip-hop. Even with Mace. Mace was another one where... That's my birthday twin. <laughs> Shout out to him. 827. Um, Mace even did it where he did it where even with one Rugrats when him and his brother was on that joint. But Mace is what... Him and Diddy are what made it known at Bling. Bling was how Bling came about in hip-hop to be like a staple in hip-hop because of Diddy's flashy ass and Mace. Um, Biggie too, like showing off the big houses, the big mansions, that type of shit was something that niggas talk about the struggle to the rags to riches. And they're like, we're not going to be modest about the riches we receive. Same thing with Tupac talking real shit, which I will never understand. Don't get me wrong. And this is no way disrespect. This nigga was born in Baltimore, but always rep hard for LA because he lived in LA, which is not a problem. That's where he grew up in. But he technically really an East coast nigga. His origins are from the East coast. But I ain't gonna hold you, Machiavelli, to live and die in L.A., California love, like, Tupac was spitting conscientiously on a societal and political tip. And that's some shit that I don't think will ever be replicated because of his, the way he did it, it was disrespectful, but you heard the message. Snoop Dogg made it where he made cannabis a thing and was just talking that real shit from the LBC. You know what I'm saying? A nigga who... Put himself in a position to win. Like with NWA. Like we're talking now West Coast. Where this is what allowed hyphy movements to exist. Because the niggas laying down the law. Fuck the police of NWA. Ice Cube. Fucking um, DJ Yella. Like all oh, these are the these are people. Dr. Dre. Who allowed to open doorways for a lot of California rappers. Another person I don't get enough credit is Lady of Rage. I rock rough and stuff with my Afro puffs. Hey, rock on with your bad self. Let me say something. Y'all know it's Baby D and Friday. I know it's Lady of Rage because I, I am the roughest, roughest, roughest. I am the toughest, toughest, toughest. I used to rock Afro puffs because of Lady of Rage. Again, representation matters. A full-figured woman with her natural hair wearing Afro puffs, spitting some real shit over against the beat. Like, are you fucking shitting me? Then you got Moni Love, somebody who came from the UK to, to the United States to live a fucking dream and succeeded in it. To me, I feel the first ever international female rapper to be seen in the United States and heard and get put on for real. Had a kid at a young age and still fucking kept going. Congratulations to her on her engagement. But Moni Love was one of the pioneers too. It's a shame. My sister, my sister, tell me what I can live. What? Ladies first with Queen Latifah? Put some respect on Moni Love's name. I'm tired of her not coming to conversations as if she didn't try to be a pioneer in this shit, especially for y'all a lot of international rappers and hip-hop artists. Moni Love is what allowed y'all to do that shit because Moni is from the UK. She's from England. She came over here and made it where internationally she allowed it to be receiving for us to accept those who are from other countries to be a part of the genre. So when y'all talk hip-hop, y'all better make sure Moni Love in that conversation. The brat, if for all of y'all, for all of y'all, come on now. So, so, so functified. Y'all be leaving the brat out conversations now too, which is starting to piss me the fuck off. Because even though she might not have been out back then, niggas knew what was up. Because I used to get my hair twisted like her shit back when I was a kid. And I already knew what was up because I knew my sexuality. And I was like, yo, I want to be like her. And the brat was the first ever 
platinum selling female artist rapping artist to ever make a platinum record ever so put respect on her fucking name congrats to her and judy on baby true but if y'all having conversations about hip-hop for all y'all niggas who trying to keep her the fuck out of it so so deaf is so so brat brat helped jd build that fucking legacy straight out of chicago And trust me, Brat has had her ways and, and had done many collaborations with greats that her name need to always be brought up in conversation. But last but not least, one person that's pissing me off that nobody talking about, Heavy D and the boys. Okay? Heavy D straight out of money earning Mount Vernon. Again, Westchester County, 914 all day, baby. And niggas is not talking about how he was a heavyweight lover and made it known for heavy set dudes to have suave, smooth, and critical, crazy ass fucking lyrics. I search low and I search high, trying to find myself a cutie pie. He was even on a different world. Heavy Bond diddly 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 D and was on Living Single. May he continue to rest in peace. And y'all better put some respect on Dwight's name. Jamaican Origins, okay? This man made it known for a lot of people like Biggie, a lot of people like Raw Wave, fucking Fat Joe. Fucking Rick Ross, these heavyweight, these heavyweight, heavy, heavy men. He was a nigga with the moves, moving and grooving and still spitting y'all bars. Act like y'all fucking know. But let's not ever forget those behind labels who were pushing hip hop to his finest, like Andre Harrell with Uptown Records. Without a Andre Harrell, you wouldn't have a Diddy. Let's make it the fuck known. Because he was the one pushing out acts like Mary J. Blige. Heavy D, Queen Latifah, all of these are artists that we respect and love. And it's all because of Andre Harrell that we have these great opportunities to be able to see the way hip-hop has flourished from 1973 off Sedwich Ave, just right in the basement party. Hip-hop has made pivotal contributions into today's society and culture. So the next time you see a DJ, show them love. The next time you see an MC spit bars or they creating the album, make sure you listen to the words and the lyrics, not just the beat. The next time you think of hip-hop and the pioneers of people like Yo-Yo, um, Dana Dane, just to name a couple, LL Cool J, they're about to have a Rock the Bells concert. Be mindful of how it was able for us to be able to evolve from what our historic and, and enslaved origins when we used to sing those Negro spirituals and how we took something and made it even greater once again and made it something called hip-hop. Never forget where you came from, because today a lot of y'all are forgetting the origins and the real principle of what hip-hop was created for. If heads only knew, as I always say on air, keep it real. And always remember, be real, be true, and always be unapologetically you. Happy birthday, hip-hop, and thank you for saving my life. I always got love for her, and always will. Peace.